five, four, three, two, one. Right. Hello, children, and welcome to episode seven of the On My Dime On Your Time podcast. This episode is featuring Michael McMahon. He is the owner of Dreamworld Store and makes these fucking beautiful sunglasses. I love it when people start brands for clothing and accessories, but especially now, it's easy to fall into the trap of making screen-printed hoodies and t-shirts with like just basic designs and no real aesthetic value behind them. But Michael doesn't do that, so big ups to him. And if that wasn't enough, 20% of his proceeds also go to the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, which I believe to be a great civil rights organization, and I believe it to be particularly relevant right now with what's going on in the States. If you guys want to hear more podcasts like this, please leave me a rating on iTunes and download the episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. It really helps me out a lot. Without any further ado, here's my conversation with the man himself. How are you doing, Michael? Good. How's it going? Good, man. Uh, how's, how's quarantine been affecting you besides like starting a small business and all that good stuff, which we're going to get into later? Um, it's, it's been all right. I mean, probably the same as anybody else. Um, I don't know, just regular things have been changed around um, a little bit, just, you know, usual routines and habits. But um, aside from that, I've been doing pretty well. That's good, man. That's good to hear. Um, so, like, how about you introduce yourself, man? Because I feel like a lot of people won't know who you are. Like, I found you through Instagram, through um, Geocasket, like, on, like, his stories. So that's how I found you. So how about you introduce yourself and tell the people who you are? Yeah, cool. So um, my name is Michael McMahon. Um, online, I go by cozy underscore dream world. That's my photography account and, um, dream world store, uh, spelled with a four instead of an A in dream world. So, um, and that's my business account. Yeah. I mean, um, that's pretty much, you know, what my online presence is right now. Um, and I don't necessarily like connect those two, but um, the business aspect of it is more of a recent thing. Awesome. Uh, how did you start the company? Cause like I looked at your website and stuff and it's like, it's, it's like amazing. Like it's like quality stuff and it's like, it's really beautiful things. It's not just like a screen printed t-shirt or like a screen printed hoodie. It's like quality stuff. So like, how did you get started with like making sunglasses and stuff? Um, well with sunglasses, uh, I would just, <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's like um, my experience with people starting brands and stuff like that, especially I was living in New York right now. I'm back in Massachusetts, but um, in my opinion, too many people start with just screen printing t-shirts and I have experience with that kind of stuff. It wouldn't be hard or anything for me to do, but it's just, I think that that market is so oversaturated and that people don't really go away from that um, too often. So basically, I just looked into, you know, where, um, where you can source that kind of thing, like a template, and um, do some custom, you know, um, graphics on it or things like that. So, and I have a business manager and everything, um, and she helps with a lot of the sourcing. But... Um, yeah, it was basically the idea. I just wanted to start with something and I didn't want to start with something very cliche as like a t-shirt or a hoodie or something like that. What gave you the drive to like start like to like just to start the brand even? Because I feel like a lot of people like 
they always talk about like wanting to start things like me included like when I wanted to start the podcast it took maybe like eight ten weeks before I actually like bought the equipment and stuff to get started so like what gave you like the initial push to like get the thing get the ball rolling um well especially during COVID being out of work not having like a normal job at the moment um and just having the money saved up to sort you know to do everything that I needed um it just made sense to me I don't know I just wanted to have a creative endeavor that would um be something that I had full control over um and also make profitable so um yeah it was just like not going to work um you know not really having the same schedule as as usual um and also it was just something that I was planning on doing anyway but with everything going on it really pushed me to just focus on it okay so it's been a work in progress for quite some time um probably about a year wow it's been about a year since I had had the initial thought awesome um what gave you like what what like do you mind like talking about like what does dream world mean like do you like I know it's like your Instagram handle and all that but where did that come from yeah so the idea of dream world to me um and I mean it's not like I have a necessary like I have something written down or anything but um in my mind it's just that thoughts are some of the most powerful things if not the most powerful thing that you have control over um and to me it was the realization that everything that you see everything that's like man-made and from you know from human creation was at one point just a thought maybe just something that popped into somebody's head um and then expanding on that idea actually brought it into reality so that's the whole idea behind it is just that thoughts are the most powerful thing if they can be put into action cool man um that's interesting that you said that like are you familiar with like stoicism and like stoicism philosophies in any way that's like very similar to like what you're talking about yeah actually um uh, i did a bit of research about stoicism i'm not gonna like pretend like i'm an expert or anything on it but um yeah definitely um and once i had researched that it actually made a lot of sense to me um because it was like it almost like disconnected with ideas that I already had um, without knowing that it was under um, the under you know a whole uh, group of ideas like that I guess <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's so the, I, go ahead yeah I don't know it, it was just cool um, I haven't read too much into it but yeah it's it's kind of like um, it felt like it legitimized what I had already thought Mm -hmm. that's what I kind of like about like the whole self-help like industry and like stoicism and stuff it's like it's things you already know but it's just worded in a different way that makes more sense and you're more likely to apply it like there's nothing groundbreaking in it no yeah definitely and I think that's a huge part of it is just that like it's almost like reminding you of things that are natural and like you know you know sometimes you need a reminder about things that you already know you know yeah um so yeah i think i think the whole self-help industry is pretty cool um 
I'm not like super involved in it or anything, but. <clears throat> so, um, what's the vision of the company? Like, where do you see the company going in like maybe a year, two years, like any like given time frame? Like, just give me a time frame and tell me like where you'd see the company going. Um, sure. So within a year, I'd like to have probably five more products out. Um, at the moment, it's just the mega frame sunglasses, but, um, yeah, I'm slowly just pacing it. You know, I'm not necessarily looking to be a huge company or anything like that. Um, I like to have a niche and, you know, um, I would just like to cater to, you know, a smaller group right now. Um, I don't know people who would, who, who just mess with it, you know? Mm hmm yeah, so they're, it's, they're, um, they're beautiful sunglasses, man, honestly. <laughs> yeah, thank you, dude. Um, so, you know, I mean, I'm not necessarily looking to expand on it fast, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I want it to be genuine. I want it to come from a real place. Um, you know, I'm not looking to, like, just make a lot of money. It's more just from a design standpoint, like, making things that, you know, I personally like and um you know that i i believe that other people would like and you know value amazing man do you have a do you have a design background um so when i was in high school i went to a trade school and i studied graphic design and that's how i met a lot of my friends who i know in new york at the moment awesome like what about like university or college and stuff no so i've i haven't been to college yet okay nice Good for you, man. That's honestly better. Like, I don't, I don't really like the the current schooling system, honestly. Like, I'm, I'm in it, but, like, I don't really mess with it too much. Like, just the way everything's taught and stuff, like, I feel like we can do a lot a lot better. Yeah, and I, I share that viewpoint, but, um, yeah, I, I just think that um, education should be more uh, within reach, you know, for more people. I don't think that, like, putting... I mean, it's kind of crazy. If you actually look at, like, um, the average amount of debt that somebody my age is in, it, nobody has, like, positive net worth, and it's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's, like, it's just, like, I don't know. You know, I think school can be really good, but I don't think it's um, morally correct for people to be, like, putting younger people who don't even really fully understand how money works yet like in that much debt you know yeah exactly i don't remember where i read this but it's like i don't remember if it was the high school or the university system but it was designed to create like factory workers and we're still living in that like style of teaching i just thought that was insane yeah well that's um yeah that's completely true i mean if you think about high school you know i don't have any college experience yet so i can't speak about college but if you think about high school you know they tell you when to go to class and you're trained to you're basically just trained to work off of that bell you know so when the bell rings you already know what your schedule is you're supposed to go from one place to another you're told when lunch is you know it's the same as the factory system and it's just like that shit just doesn't educate people in the way that a, a really personal face-to-face -face education would be not to say like you know being in a classroom won't teach you anything but I just don't think it's as efficient as you know 
if you know what you're passionate about and finding people who are also passionate about that, learning from those people, you know, there's things that I've learned in high school that <laughs> I know for a fact, like I will never use again. Yeah. Like, yeah, honestly, like high school is insane. Like there's so much like math and stuff. Like I'm in a science program, but like there's so much like math and stuff that I didn't need. I'm just like, there, there's no sense in me learning this. Yeah. And it's just like, there's so many things that they just put into the curriculum <laughs> just for, for, you know, reasons that, um, I think maybe like, I forget if it's algebra or trigonometry. I think trigonometry was put into the curriculum because of the Cold War. You know, they wanted really? more. They, yeah, they wanted more rocket scientists. So they added uh, trigonometry in. So people would be more interested in that, in flight paths and things like that. So, and now it's literally just useless. Like, unless you're actually studying that kind of stuff, which, you know, I mean, I think that's good. I think we do need more. Um, scientists but you know I think people need to have a choice if it's like you're not interested in that thing to begin with why do you have to learn about it you know exactly exactly like it's like uh, so forced on you you know I know it's it, it's insane like there's gonna be some I think in like in our lifetime there's gonna be some like some changes in like the system but it's gonna be like in our kids lifetime when that actually like cements itself as the new way moving forward I'm pretty sure yeah yeah, I would definitely say so. Um, I mean, that's the only thing that's inevitable, you know. I mean, change is inevitable. That's the only, only real thing. Like, yeah, absolutely. Going back <clears throat> to like finding your passion and stuff. Like, how did you know that you wanted to become like? How did you know that you wanted to like get into graphic design and like design and stuff? And how did you like decide like, okay, cool, I'm going to pursue this because I love it so much? Because I feel like a lot of people they love a certain thing, but then they just don't pursue it because either like maybe like they're just scared or like maybe like they don't want to like, like disappoint their families or like for whatever reason, people don't want to pursue things. So what gate, like, why did you decide to pursue something that you love? Kind of a weird question, but like um, I'm wording it correctly, but yeah. No, that's okay. Um, yeah. I mean, well, growing up, I was always just interested in, I was interested in a lot of things, but um, um, design really just stood out to me. I don't know. It's like if somebody can make something beautiful that makes you feel a certain way, and I know I'm phrasing this like very simply, but it's like design is just about emotion and, you know, I, I feel like it just really connects us with the actual like sensation of being alive like when you can just sit and appreciate something i just think from an early age i just um recognized style and intention and um just appreciated good design i don't know um my dad was a painter um he went to art school um he did a lot of abstract art um kind of just like joyful really bright colors um so that definitely inspired me i used to draw a lot when i was a kid um but once i went to high school and understood like the rules of design and how things are actually made um in in my graphic design class i think that was a pretty big transition 
Um, so yeah, I think just from an early age, I just was really drawn to like beautiful things and, you know, things that had the intent of like, um, creating an emotional response. That's interesting. So like, that probably gave you like your first introduction to like getting into fashion and stuff as well then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, during high school, during high school, I was always interested in <laughs> standing out with the way that I dressed um, before I even realized it was fashion or like put it into that category. I just always saw people wearing the same exact thing. And, you know, whether, I mean, I don't know if you've been to Massachusetts, but it's like people will really just wear um, like polo by Ralph Lauren or like, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> Or like Vineyard Vines. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like just like really boring, kind of like it it just is so repeated that it doesn't seem genuine, you know? Mm -hmm. So like really like preppy kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that's really cliche to say like, oh, I just wanted to dress in order to like stand out from people. But it's like, you know, I think that I just found like, real entertainment and joy from like uh dressing in a way that was kind of bizarre and um you know just just gave me a little bit of individuality um you know and it's like it definitely helped with school like not to say that um not to say that it helped with my education but i would say that like it just helped make school something that I was looking forward to. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So like you yeah. dress different every day, you'd look forward to that and that would let that like motivation type thing would carry through to like education in a sense. Yeah, it's like you know, if you can if you can create like a game out of doing something like that, you know, it becomes fun and it becomes like less of a stress in your life, you know? It's like it's like it's one thing to get out of bed and be so like disappointed to go do something but if you can just make it the slightest bit more fun mm -hmm. then i feel like it's going to be way easier you know absolutely that goes for a um, lot of different things like can you give other like can you give some more tips to like starting like making something that like people might hate more fun like a lot of my friends and stuff, they've been wanting to like start going to the gym, but they like actually hate it. So like, how can like, what, how can they make it, make things like that they hate more fun? I think a big issue is that people associate things that they have to do with them having less control or, I mean, I guess the gym, you don't have to do it, but it's like, you know, when something weighs on you like that, like, oh, you really want to do it you know, you really want to get into it. It's like the weight of that idea kind of holds you back at times, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think going into things, it's way better to just trust it and just try to, you know, try to make it something that you really want to do, not something that you're forcing yourself to do. You know, you have to kind of like, change the way that you think about it and I know for like for me for working out it's like you know I'll put on music or I'll put on a podcast or 
you know, um, I'll do something like that. So the exercise is more of a background thing, you know, it's just happening. It's not like, it's not like, you know, I'm stressing like, I can't believe I have to do this or, you know, or, oh, today I don't want to do this. It's just like, I'm going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. it's like you have to look at it like it's not really a question of whether or not i want to do it it's just i'm going to yeah that kind of goes back to this like thought i've been having kind of since quarantine like started it's like why is there that initial dislike or resentment towards thing like that we have towards things that we know to be good for us i want to i want to hear your thoughts about that i think um i don't know i think uh you know it's a pretty simple explanation. I think it comes down to like self-doubt um, or thinking you're not going to do it well enough, you know, but anything that you learn, you're obviously not going to do the best when you're first starting out. So I think that everything is a learning experience and there's really no failure. Like you can't look at it like, I'm going to be bad starting off because everybody who's doing good at it now was bad when they started off, Exactly. you know, they had to just continue doing it until they understood it well enough to the point where they can do it better. So I think what holds a lot of people back is the idea that, you know, they're going to make a fool of themselves or they're going to be judged for, you know, doing something, that's different that they're not fully aware of or you know in the sphere of like I think you have to make that first initial step in order to get good at something you you can't just like doubt yourself all the time you have to understand that everything is a process mm-hmm. yeah did so, you experience any of that at all when, when starting the brand self-doubt self-doubt people doubting you all that stuff Every, all like the different um, barriers to entry with anything really well honestly yeah i mean sure yeah i definitely experienced self-doubt at certain points um everybody's going to experience self-doubt how did you get yourself out of that situation because people usually see people's like even like including me like you experience like a little bit of that and you're just like all right cool so i'm gonna worth it right so like how did you get out sure. of experiencing that well like i said i think everybody's going to experience self-doubt I think that's one of the parts, one of the steps of beginning something is doubting yourself. And I don't think you can just escape it. You know, I think you can try to doubt yourself less, but I think it's just a natural thing that everybody does when they're starting something new. Um, I think for me, it's just understanding that the whole process, it's just, the process like like basically um you can never lose if you understand that failures teach you something (laughs) you know like basically if you if you fuck something up but you're early to it it's like that's just a learning experience and you know not to do it anymore you know and so i think like you you progress as you make mistakes 
as long as you pay attention to what you're doing and you don't doubt yourself to the point of giving up because it's way worse to give up than to go through hardships and learn off of them and change you know change what you do in the future in my experience absolutely and like if you quit that's gonna like you won't have as many like potential learning experiences in the future shutting off that entire vein of like possible knowledge as well yeah definitely Mm. yeah i mean it's like you know yeah quitting is just never never like the better option i think you know in terms of positive things in terms of learning experiences Mm -hmm. um you know unless like unless it's really causing you some harm like unless it's like something that's it's um you know actually not giving you any any positive um feelings you know yeah absolutely like but like if you start something like you have to maintain that momentum and that's something that a lot of people like struggle with so do you have any like insight into like keeping momentum going even when times get like shit well let's see this is more a question for me because I really want to keep this podcast going and I hit kind of like a little bit of a, a yeah, no. patch and like not having as many like guests emailing me back to like want to like chat. So like, how do, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. how do I keep momentum going? Honestly, this is, this is turned into a therapy <laughs> session, but yeah. So like, yeah, no problem, dude. Um, I just think that you have to trust the process and just keep following the steps, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to kind of put it on autopilot sometimes and that's a weird way to say it, but it's like overthinking it is going to kill it. So if you create the most natural way, like if you do it in the most natural way, basically just understanding and going with it, then it's not going to be, you're not going to have a negative outcome. You know, and that's kind of what I've learned. It's just kind of like you can't force anything. Um, and you can't, you can't, you know, if, if it feels right, you just have to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But if you have doubts, I think just keep going. <laughs> like, yeah. like if it scares you kind of like that's like kind of a tell to like, how worth it it really is kind of thing i I read that in a book actually recently yeah definitely i think you i think a lot of people i think pretty much everybody is afraid of the next step and thinking that the next step is going to be the end of it but you know it's like yeah if something if something really gives you that kind of emotional response then it's not always negative you know um like you just got to keep pushing yourself and eventually it'll grow. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, you just have to plant the seeds first, you know? Absolutely. What did you mean by saying that like people are afraid that the next step is going to be the, like the la- like the final one? I think people are just afraid that if they keep doing something, I think that people are afraid that if they keep doing something and they don't progress, that they're just going to make a fool of themselves or that it won't 
end up being worth it. Mm. But I think in terms of embarrassment, in terms of like, you know, um, being afraid to push yourself in a direction that you haven't gone, it's like you haven't gone there yet, you know? You have to keep pushing yourself because everybody is afraid of the unknown. And so we always, we always create like negative, we always think of negative outcomes, but that's not always what's going to happen. There's millions of different outcomes, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think as long as you trust it um, and keep up with it, then, you know, you're just only going to get better at it. Mm -hmm. And like, I read this in another book. I don't remember which book it was, but it's like, no one really gives a shit at the end of the day. Like people are so concerned with their own stuff. Like they're going to like, they'll laugh at you like maybe once if like, even, even for that, you're very unlucky, but then the next second they'll go back to like their own lives. Right. So it really doesn't matter what people think. Right. I think, I think, you know, I, I like, I know I said, um, you know, people are afraid of people judging them, but it's like, you're your biggest judge you know you're the one who's making all these assumptions you know before they even before anything even happens so it's like you have to get those assumptions out of the way and just take the steps you know I really haven't gotten much negative feedback or anything from like what I've been doing and that was probably one of my biggest fears from the start is that people would say what are you doing this for you know this is a waste of time you know, but it's really like people don't say that, you know, people don't care enough unless they're like actually a huge dick and have nothing to do. It's like, and even in that case, it's like, what do you care if that person says something like that to you? You know, they're not doing what you're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, I think the majority of doubt comes from yourself, you know? Absolutely. And I found that the majority of people with negative opinions on other people's ventures are the people who haven't accomplished anything. No, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, not only are you afraid of, of your own success, but other people are afraid of your success. You know, people want to put you down. People want to do all that shit to make themselves feel better. Um, And it's just a matter of stepping out of your comfort zone and not even listening to those people, you know? Um, and that, that's really what it boils down to is being uncomfortable. I think the most growth comes out of being uncomfortable. Like even just for like, as a simple thing as working out, it's like, that's probably the best like way to describe it. It's like you're making your muscles uncomfortable <laughs> in order for them to grow, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's like you have to deal with a little bit of pain in order to get bigger and better, you know? You have to deal with it. It's not an easy process, but it's something, you, you know, that everybody who goes through it has to mm-hmm. go through it. You know, I don't know anybody who works out and doesn't feel sore (laughs) it's just a part of it Mm -hmm. that's what i love about like the world of fashion and the world of working out it's like it can be as deep or as shallow (laughs) as you want it to be yeah what do you mean by that like for fashion for example it can be like okay cool i'm gonna 
wear the latest sneakers and the latest jacket. I'm going to look cool for Instagram. Or you can see it as like a venture into becoming more confident, becoming more like a, a better, more confident version of yourself that will carry you through in other ventures of your life. Same thing with working out. You can be like, okay, cool. I want to look good to impress this one girl or I want to look cool to, for again, for Instagram, for like the whole self-gratification crap, which I'm not going to get into. Or you can see it as doing, as like teaching your body to do the same monotonous thing over and over again to get results later down the line. Yeah, no, no, for sure. That's a, that's another great point. It's like, there's so many ways, so many perspectives that you can see it from, you know? um yeah i mean there are people that are just into working out for the um physical benefits like the physical you know the look of it but you know i think i think pushing yourself to do something no matter what it is is beneficial um so i don't know it's just working out is one one way of doing that yeah. The only reason I mentioned that is because like it's a pretty easy example for most people to understand. Kind of thing. Like a lot of people like have oh, a yeah. business or started like a big venture. So Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I said, just growing pains. Yeah. You know? You know, it's a part of life. It's yeah. a very natural thing. And people people think, you know, when they're in the moment of, of like feeling something like that, they're like, Oh, this is my problem. This is because of me. You know, it's like everybody who deals with this kind of thing experiences it, you know, Mm -hmm. like Elon Musk. I don't know. I don't know if you know a lot about Elon Musk, but like he's experienced so many growing pains with Tesla and he's starting to see like everything really pay off right now down the line, you know, Um, it's just like, you know, I mean, like. Um, when he started SpaceX, when he was talking about, you know, going to Mars, doing all of that, there were so many people within the NASA community that like laughed at him. <laughs> they were like, you know, fuck you, what are you doing this for? Like, and they were people that he looked up to, you know, and that's probably, and they were doing this publicly, you know, so it's like something like that is probably the worst example of the growing pains, but in the end, they're just growing pains. Like he's going to make it past that because he has like, you know, strong will, you know, he's just going to keep going. Absolutely. And look at him now, man. He's fucking killing it. Yeah, literally. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I I just think, um, I think you have to, whether or not you know the person who you're going to look up to, you have to have like mentors mental mentors like you know who you can look to and recognize that they've gone down a similar path and that they've done similar things elon musk is such a like blown up you know representation of that but even people within your own life you know Mm -hmm. if you know somebody who has a strong will to continue doing things that are beneficial it's best that you like stay around them you know yeah, like have a circle of people who like want to see you succeed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, who who are some mentors that you have in your life? Um, in my personal life, or people that I look up to. Uh, and anything you're uh probably people you look up to. Yeah, I don't I don't want to get too like 
personal, like, because it's just the podcast and stuff. But yeah, 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 no problem. Whatever, anything you're comfortable um, sharing. Sure. I mean, definitely, um, definitely Elon Musk at the moment. Kanye West for sure. Um, Rick Owens is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's definitely like, I I just think that he has overcome so much, just like in his early career, um, and continues to. I mean, he's. Yeah, I think he's just amazing. Um, um, let's see. This is kind of hard to think of on spot. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. <laughs> but um, I think those are uh, those are definitely a great group to begin with. I know I've thought about this down the line, mm. but <laughs> I know I have a list written out somewhere. Um, um. But yeah, I'd say those are my top three at the moment. I know they're probably cliche. There's probably tons of people who would say the same thing, but they're actually they're just great people. Not to really, look actually. Up to. Like I interviewed a few people. Like these these episodes haven't been released yet. No one said like Rick or like Elon Musk. A few people have said Kanye because like he's like a black artist and stuff who's overcome like a lot of like the systemic racism in the community and stuff. Like no one said yeah, that. sure. That's like. That's, that's, that's really interesting. Like, I, re- I saw this doc, not documentary, I saw this video about Rick and, like, the amount of, like, um, the amount of crap he received, like, in his childhood and growing up. And he, like, oh, yeah. he's become, like, super confident. Like, I don't know if it's as a result of it or because of it or, like, in spite of it. But he's, like, he's, like, surpassed all of the crap that he's dealt with. And, like, yeah, definitely. In a way, yeah. I mean, with him, with him in a, as an example, it's, like, he grew up, in a very um very straight edge like town where it was kind of strange for you to be anything other than what people expect you to be you know and um all of his influences combined you know created him in a sense so it's like he never wanted to conform to any of that um you know and i think there's such power in in just knowing who you are knowing that you want to be that person and not um not just like be okay with what other people want you to be Mm -hmm. is that Um, that kind of what drew you to like rick owens is like from a fashion and like a clothing perspective or is that is that a fair assumption to make that's one of the yeah yeah definitely definitely um to be honest when i first saw his clothing without knowing anything about his character or anything about like his life I didn't necessarily understand it Mm -hmm. but as I started reading more and watching more interviews understanding his design perspectives because I always thought it was kind of vague I didn't really understand the style you know and I didn't know anything about him or Michelle Lamy so it's like um once I started to understand him as a person, it was like, it totally made sense. Like something clicked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this person is just so cool. Like, you know, I just think like, um, he's just persevered so many things. Yeah, it's really inspiring. Like, I don't know too much. I, I recently like, not discovered, but like I recently got into like Rick Owens, like in the, in, like, the fashion perspective. So like, I'm learning about him like slowly, slowly, but like, I don't know, it's just, it's super inspiring to me as well. Yeah, because one of the main reasons he started um, working out is to get over drugs. 
-hmm. like he was he was an alcoholic and addicted to like hardcore drugs so it's like and his wife michelle lammy she was um she went to the gym pretty frequently so he it was a trade-off for him he was like either i'm going to continue doing these drugs and it's going to kill me or i can improve myself and just say fuck it and like continue doing what i'm doing Mm -hmm. you know just move in another direction and the benefits of that have been so huge i mean he's a multi-millionaire you know um from what i know i mean it's not like i know him personally but he seems to have a very very nice like relaxing life aside from like (laughs) the design you know aside from when he really has to like get involved and all that but you know when you're doing something you love it's not like a chore it doesn't become work at that point yeah exactly it's just nature absolutely um backtracking a little bit when like you were talking about like in high school and stuff you were like dressing different from the crowd and stuff I'm, i'm sure that like built your confidence in like a great way that probably carried through to like starting the business and all that stuff yeah so it's like with with that i would say that um you know with looking different and being different in that regard there's going to be a lot of people who tell you to stop or to tell you that you're weird for that and i think if you keep keep on doing it no matter what people tell you like for example like i would dress so weird i would be like in all different color outfits i wouldn't even color coordinate anything i would just be like you know just like (laughs) all over print t-shirts like all types of colors i would dye my hair um you know i'd wear skinny jeans with boots and all that and so it's like you know people would really be like mean to me in in high school you know but i never took it as there's a problem with me i i recognize that people have an issue with you know um with difference and that when they see somebody who's different from them you know they feel threatened you know that's kind of just like a psychological thing um so you know it's not an issue with me necessarily it's just an issue with people not understanding you know that kind of um that kind of lifestyle or that that way of dressing that way of putting yourself out um so i think that builds confidence a lot when you're able to put up with all that and continue doing it against everybody who tells you not to mm-hmm. that kind of goes back to like this other like idea that i have it's like when people judge you it's because if people judge you for doing a certain thing it's because they're scared of doing that thing themselves kind of thing yeah exactly Mm-hmm. I don't know how like true they, that, but yeah. I mean, I'd say it's pretty true based on the fact that people judge. <laughs> Maybe it's not that they're scared to do that, but it's more of the fact that you know your your individuality is posing a threat to them uh, because they don't necessarily understand what it's like to have that kind of confidence you know yeah and the people that are like broken out of that mold are like are not the people that are going to give you crap for it right yeah no definitely i mean you know i think there's a lot of um 
genuine people breaking out of the mode and then there's a lot of people who like things because of other people you know oh yeah i think it's important to recognize you know what like what you like based off of an influencer you know or what you like just based off of how it fits you you know mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know and yeah so basically going back to the whole high school thing because i kind of went on a tangent there no but it's like um yeah after after doing all of that <laughs> through high school um i ended up switching schools because i got held back my sophomore year um i was going through a whole lot but i ended up going to a normal high school and I, yeah i graduated in 2018 um but during that time in high school that wasn't even preparatory school it was like my actual um, local public high school the trade school that I went to was a lot of like it was weird there was no hierarchy of like who you know like who was popular who wasn't it was just a trade school everybody went there to escape their town you know there was definitely assholes but there was no like nobody that was genuinely like or not not to say genuinely but (laughs) nobody that like was um popular you know it wasn't like there was like popular kids and really nerdy kids it was just like all of us definitely had issues with our local high schools and just wanted to leave um so anyway uh went to that school transitioned to a public high school um and that's when i got into actual like like fashion as a concept instead of just kind of doing it to set myself apart it was like i started looking at brands um you know i started doing a little more research started buying things selling things um so yeah that that was probably when I first really got into fashion, probably around when I was like 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, where am I now? Okay, I'm just trying to figure out a way to like phrase this question. I don't want to like insult you or anything. Um, yeah, no problem. Uh, so like, you're obviously very inspired by like Rick and and stuff, right? So like, and like your son and the glasses that you have like show that so like i'm okay first of all i'm not accusing you of like copying anything because i know you're it's obviously not a copy it's obviously like a like an inspiration right, right. from rick and stuff so like where like since you're yeah, a graphic yeah, yeah. design student where do you draw the line between inspiration and like a blatant copy and this is like kind of like a current like a current issue as well with like virgil's like latest collection with and like the copy with like walter van Baren dunk and all that stuff right so like i just want to hear oh, yeah. your thoughts about that yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, not necessarily sure how to answer that because I feel like it's a opinion-based thing. But um, um, you know, like for example, like Virgil would say that he didn't copy that. You know, Virgil would say that it was, you know, maybe inspired but taken to another. You know, taken into his realm, his design world. But it's like. You know, not that I'm, not that I support that that yeah, show. Absolutely. To be honest, I mean that was that was pretty trash of him. And um, 
what Walter said um, that he could have just reached out to him. I definitely agree with, but um, you know, I think, um, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of an opinion based thing. Um, I don't know. There's tons of stuff that I see that is definitely a blatant copy. Um, For me, honestly, before I saw Rick, I was, I was pretty into like, before I saw like, the Rick shades. I was very into um, oversized sunglasses to begin with. Um, and if I was to name some inspirations, um, it would definitely be, um, for one, the Rick Owens uh, shades from um, uh, fall, winter 2013 plinth, mm-hmm. um, which I have a pair of. They're fucking massive and insane. <laughs> um, and also um the gentle monster hood by air um i forget the exact oh yeah because they have they have a hba print right in the middle and so what i kind of did with that is i took those two ideas those two things that i really love and you know i think i really think that you only need like 10 percent inspiration and from there, you're just going to build off of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think when things are overly inspired, it becomes more of a copy. But if you can take some simple aspects and create a new thing with it, then, you know, it's really just yours. Um, so, I, but- really, I really love the way you said that because that's, like, such a stark contrast to, like, Virgil's idea. I'm not, like, roasting the guy or anything. That's a, such a stark contrast no, to like, definitely. Virgil's thing. Because is is he the one who says like if I can change something five percent then it's my own or something yeah. that effect yeah yeah I mean, it's five yeah. percent thing um yeah and I think you know I really liked Virgil to begin with like you know he did the Jesus the Jesus album cover um, Pyrex was kind of like you know looking back it was such a piece from the time but like it's like the idea that he did that was definitely the beginning of something. Um, in his own lane, you know? Um, but I think him at Louis Vuitton has been, I don't know if he's ready for that type of like, uh, I mean, I, I just don't know how it operates, you know? Um, you never know if somewhere on a mood board, somebody had put up, um, you know, the different shows that Walter had, you know, done and it just wasn't used in the appropriate way you know mm-hmm. um you never know if it was because of virgil directly i mean you got to think about how big louis vuitton is and to be a creative director is definitely one thing but you don't have full control you know i mean you have designers that work for you that could also be making decisions i don't know i mean i could be wrong on that because i might be a little bit misinformed on that but um you know, that's kind of just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I know all that. But, you know, you never know. I think he gets a lot of smoke um, for, for um, you know, the things that he puts out. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think that that show should have been, like, presented in the way that it was. Yeah. It, it, um it- it certainly leaves bad taste at best and it's like a blatant copy at worst. Yeah. I mean, if you even remove 
the idea that he took that from Walter, I don't think is a very good show. Yeah, like objectively speaking, like the pieces, yeah. like that, that could, again, that could just be our opinions, right? Like objectively to me and they're just not nice. Yeah, I mean, it's just not, it's not what I would wear. <laughs> not what I'm into. Um, I love Walter, but he has his own universe, you know? Yeah. Walter is like Rick in the sense that you can wear all Walter and it will make sense. And it's, it's you know, it's just sick. Yeah, it kind of fits into that, like that, that uniform. Like you have to wear like you not have to, but it, it looks best when worn with other things from the same designer. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I agree with. I like mixing things up, but um, I think it's it's really great when a designer creates a universe, and when you put on an outfit, you're in that universe for a second. You know? Oh yeah. Um, it's really interesting, but um yeah i would say that yeah i i don't agree with virgil's whole five percent thing i think maybe beginning you know when you're first starting off sure but i mean he's established he shouldn't be um thinking like that i think you need to take five percent or maybe ten percent inspiration and the rest the 95 or 90 percent should all be your genuine creation you know i i agree 100 percent um so yeah i mean um yeah i don't know yeah that's that's my opinion on it i guess Mm -hmm. do you have any like book recommendations this is a kind of a question another question for me but like yeah do you have any book recommendations um let's see yeah one of my favorite books that i had read around a year ago i'm not gonna lie i'm not a huge reader um (laughs) But I really like How Fear Works by um, Frank Ferretti. I don't know How if you've heard about it. Works. Never heard of it, no. Um, it's really good. It, it basically talks about um, how people are programmed to fear the unknown. Um, it talks about media, talks about um, early like philosophies on on death and um how people created ideas based off of fear um um yeah i mean i i read this probably mm, maybe about a year ago (laughs) yeah i'm not i'm not a huge bookworm but um yeah it's i would definitely recommend it i think it provides a, a really good amount of insight into the psychology of fear um what drives um, a lot of media to talk about the things that they do um, and really just how people profit off of fear, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. That sounds really, yeah, that sounds, that, speak, that like, speaks to a lot of what we've been talking about today, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's like the, the mentality that you have to be afraid of something. Mm-hmm. you know that there is something that is out of your control and that that is a bad thing <laughs> oh yeah you know yeah. it's, it's like getting in the way yeah it's like um yeah I, it's basically yeah that um that things that are out of con- your control are bad mm-hmm. that's the that's the idea okay interesting um yeah so yeah it's it's pretty interesting it was a pretty quick read. I, I really liked it. Okay, nice. 
there's this book that I've read that I think you you might enjoy. I don't want to like impose or anything. But there's this book that I've read. It's called The War of Art. Oh yeah, I actually heard Bliss Foster talking about that. Oh yeah, I I heard it from Magnus like a long time ago when he posted that video about it. Oh nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I would recommend that for you. I think you'd find that really interesting. Yeah, I've actually been looking for a copy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I pretty pick cool. That up, man, if you can, it's it's a yeah, quick so, read again. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, I I forget. It basically talks about. <clears throat> Doesn't it basically just talk about um, things that you have to overcome when you're when you're creating things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it puts all of that into like a into like a one word thing. It calls it like resistance. It's like an artist like like the thing that like stops an artist from creating is just sitting down and starting. And it's like kind of like how to overcome that like initial thing. Okay, great. Yeah, it, it's, it's yeah 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 yeah. That's that's pretty much all I have, man. Thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah, I've learned a lot, like, just from talking to you and stuff. And, like, I got a lot of insights, like, starting a business and stuff. And I'm sure, like, it'll and it'll definitely help me with, like, carrying the podcast forward and stuff. Oh, yeah. Thank no, that's sick. I'm, I'm glad to hear that I can provide <laughs> anything to you, man. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, man. Um, where can people find you? Um, so, on Instagram, uh, just cozy underscore, underscore dreamworld and um uh in my bio it'll have my store link as well okay i will put all of that in the show notes of the podcast episode when it comes out okay great awesome man thank you again for coming on yeah yeah thanks man and uh you can hit me up whenever oh amazing man thank you yeah no problem yeah i'm definitely gonna pick up a pair of those sunglasses man now that i know like the ideology and like the background behind i'm definitely gonna pick up a pair sweet all right thanks dude awesome man take it easy now You too. Peace. Bye.